Well, good morning, Celebration Church. Let's all stand up together. Let's say this. This is who we are, and this is what we believe here at Celebration Church. Let's say this together. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to be with everyone today. Welcome to our campuses in Stevens Point and Appleton, Green Bay. All of you joining us online, so it's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, Pastor Mark this morning, he is uh, out on the West Coast. He had an event uh, earlier this week at Liberty University. He spoke in front of 10,000 students. There's a picture of that. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's something that we get to be a part of. Here at Celebration Church, we make an impact uh, around this uh, nation and around the world with uh, marriages and family, but also with the next generation, uh, college students, the next group of business leaders and accountants and nurses and doctors and lawyers and whatever else they're gonna do. Uh, they loved it. Twitter was like going crazy as Pastor Mark was talking, kind of blowing up, and so it's very exciting. So have him in your prayer as he is uh, heading back to Green Bay as well. Um, we uh, are having our one big celebration at Celebration Church, uh, one of the most exciting services of the year. All of our campuses get together for one service at one time. It'll be at the Widener Center. Coming up, it'll be a ton of fun. Let's check out this video. won't be playing, so we're going to have a ton of fun. Come on out. It'll be a great time celebrating all that God is doing here at Celebration Church. It'll be a great time. Uh, we have uh, this morning, I want to read out of the book of James. Um, if you have been at Celebration Church for any length of time, you've probably heard a message preached out of this section of James. And this morning, I want to share out of that as well. And I want to read it out of a slightly different translation because I just love the way it phrases uh, these couple of stories coming up. So James chapter 1, starting in verse 2, 
says this. It says, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Uh, One translation says, consider it a joy. So why is it such a gift? Do you guys love it when you're going through something that's really, really hard? Show of hands. Yeah, nobody likes that. I can't stand it. None of us likes it, but the Bible says that we should consider it to be a gift, that we should consider it a joy when we go through it. Uh, Remember that scene from Forrest Gump where he's talking about all the different kinds of rain they had? Let's take a look at that clip. One day, it started raining, and it didn't quit for four months. We've been through every kind of rain there is. Little bit of stinging rain, and big old fat rain. Rain that flew in sideways, and sometimes rain even seemed to come straight up from underneath. Shoot, it even rained at night. Hey, Forrest. Hey, Bubba. I'm gonna lean up against you. You just lean right back against me. This way, we don't have to sleep with our heads in the mud. That way, we don't gotta sleep with our heads in the mud. Bubba, he's awesome. Remember that? Does ever feel like that in your life? Like rain is coming from every stinking direction. You got the stinging rain. You got the rain that's coming down real big. You got rain that even seems like it's coming up from underneath you. You got rain at night, and it's raining in your life. And I just walked through a season like that in my life. I'm still walking through that season. Um, if you're aware of my wife, she was diagnosed with cancer in January. We finished up chemotherapy. We decided let's have a big blowout party. And the very next day, she ends up at the emergency room, like scary, scary sick, the weirdest, toughest, hardest uh, couple weeks of my life. And uh, a few days were really, really hard. And, uh, and it seemed like rain was coming in every direction. And James here just wants to poke you a little bit and say, consider it to be a sheer gift when you go through that. When you're getting it from all sides, he says, like it's raining down sideways and underneath in every direction. And it goes on to say in the book of James, it says, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and it shows its true colors. When you're going through it, it's like a pressure on your life, on your faith life in particular. And it's an opportunity for your faith life to show its true colors and what's gonna come out. What's the color that's gonna come? Is it going to be faith? So when you're going through it, the pressure's on, and it says, so don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work in you so that you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. If you don't try to get out of these seasons of life prematurely, then you're gonna come out of the other side mature and well-developed and not having these deficiencies in your life. Verse five, it says, if you don't know what you're doing, if you ever felt like that when you're going through something, you don't know what you're doing, I can totally relate. And he says, if you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. There was many times that my mom would send me a text message or give me a call and say, Bob, just pray. And you need people that are gonna stand with you and encourage you and tell you to pray. And it says that he loves to help. You'll get his help and you won't be condescended to when you ask for it. 
So ask boldly, believingly, without a second thought. People who worry their prayers are like wind-whipped waves. Don't think you're gonna get anything from the master that way. Adrift at sea, keeping all of your options open. When you're going through it, if you're going through it in your marriage, if you're going through it with your kids, if you're going through it in your finances, if you're going through it, a lot of people like to keep that back door cracked open just a little bit and bail when the times get tough. And he says, don't be like those wind-whipped waves, but keep centered in on God. Verse 12 says, anyone who meets a testing challenge head on and manages to stick it out is mighty fortunate. Don't you love that verse? If you face one of these challenges head on and you stick it out, you're mighty fortunate in your life. For such persons, loyally in love with God, the reward is life and more life. The title of my message this morning is simply that, life and more life. If you're going through something in your life, the first thing you gotta know is you are not alone. You're not walking through it alone, and you're not the only one going through something. There are other people that can walk with you, and the best reward in life isn't going through it without any drama or without any problems, but getting in it and getting through it. Jesus said this in John 16 and 33. He said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Life and more life, because we've got Jesus, because we've got the Holy Spirit, you can make it through whatever season of life you're in. He said, in this world, there's gonna be trouble, but we can take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. If there is a lack of trouble, if there's a lack of trial in your life, there may also be a lack of development. So this isn't something we should run from, but it's a gift to us. So we need to learn how to handle it better. Jesus said we're gonna have trouble. So I don't wanna talk so much this morning about avoiding the trouble as much as how do we handle it better. So I wanna give us four points on how we can handle it better, and to do that, we'll jump into a story uh, in the book of Acts. Um, and while I was going through it, um, I'm gonna give you point number four, so we'll skip ahead. Point number four is don't walk alone. If you walk alone, everything else is gonna come unglued and it's not gonna work. When you're going through it, you need other people to stand there with you to pray for you, to encourage you, to, to lift you up when you feel like you can't stand. Um, it might be sermons you listen to that, encourage you, that encourages you. And I heard a sermon preached that had three points, and it was right when I was going through this, I'm like, wow, that's perfect. And I'm going to steal those three points for us here this morning. And we're going to use this story in Acts to share those three points of the message today. So Acts chapter 27 kind of catch you up to the story. Paul is a prisoner on a ship. This isn't like a Disney cruise line or anything like that. He's on a pretty nasty boat, and not only is he on a nasty boat, he happens to be a prisoner on it. So it's a pretty rough place where he's at. Things are already not looking good. He's in the middle of it. It looks like things are gonna get much, much worse, and this is where we pick up the story, where the heat is on, and they're in the middle of the fight. Acts 27, verse 21 says this. With our appetite for both food and life long gone. Can you relate? You ever lose your appetite when you're going through it? I can relate. So it says, Paul took his place in our midst and said, friends, you really should have listened to me back in Crete. Anyone got any friends like that that want to tell you what you should have done in the first place? 
right? We all got those kind of people. Paul wants to be that guy for these guys. So he says, friends, you should have listened to me back in Crete. We would have avoided all this trouble and all this trial, but there's no need for us to dwell on that now. Gotta love Paul, just encouraging us. He says, from now on, things are looking up. I can assure you there will not be a single drowning among us. Well, thank you, Paul. Very encouraging. No one's gonna drown. He said, although I can't say as much for the ship, the ship itself, it's doomed. So this ship, it's going down. It's gonna be busted to pieces. But the good news is no one is gonna drown. It's gonna be okay. He says, last night, God's angel stood at my side. An angel of this God I serve. So Paul now is spending time with God in the middle of the trial. Last night, the angel said to, to Paul, he said, don't give up Paul. I know what it's like to sit in church, and uh, there's probably a few people that didn't listen to like one word I said so far, and won't listen to one word I say after this. So if you hear one thing this morning, don't give up. That might be the only thing you needed to hear this morning is don't give up. I can't tell you how many times I heard that since January in this past month that just got really weird. People telling me, don't give up. I'd call my mom and she'd tell me, Bob, don't give up. I called Debbie Gunger. She's going through it. She said, Bob, don't give up. This is the hard part. And the angel of the Lord speaks to Paul and says, don't give up. And this morning, that message is for you as well. Don't give up. If you're in the middle of it right now with your marriage, with your kids, with your health, with your finances, whatever it is in life, don't give up. It goes on to say, Paul says, you're gonna stand before Caesar yet. And everyone sailing with you is also gonna make it. So dear friends, take heart. I believe God will do exactly what he told me, but we are going to shipwreck on some island or other. Paul sees it coming. Verse 27, it says, On the 14th night, adrift somewhere on the Adriatic Sea, at about midnight, the sailors sensed we were approaching land. Sounding, they measured a depth of 120 feet. And shortly after that, 90 feet. Afraid that we were about to run aground, they threw out four anchors and they prayed for daylight. Some of the sailors tried to jump ship they were trying to let down the lifeboat and pretending they were gonna set up more anchors from the bow. Paul saw through their guys and told the centurion and his soldiers, if these sailors don't stay on the ship, we are all going down. They needed the sailors there to make sure that they were gonna do the right thing because these are the guys that know how to work the boat. So, so the soldiers cut the lines to the lifeboats and let, the, let it drift off. And then if you need a life verse, let me suggest this next one might be a good one. It says, with dawn about to break, Paul called everyone together and proposed breakfast. <laughs> I love food and I love breakfast. If you're going through it, you just might need some eggs and bacon or go get you like a dozen donuts or something. You're gonna need your energy. And uh, I remember uh, we were at Mayo Clinic and we were like going through it and I hadn't eaten in like three days. I don't think I slept in like three days. I was starting to lose my mind. I wasn't very normal and I was really struggling. And my brothers came into town and they proposed steak. Fabulous idea. So we got together and we ate steak and let me tell you, it really helped me in my life. So if you need a life verse, go for this one. Get some food. It goes on to say, this is the 14th day we've gone without food. I lose my mind after like three hours without food. 
Can you imagine what the scene is like on this boat, 14 days and all of these men without food? It's gotta be just crazy. It says that none of us felt like eating, but I urge you to eat something now. You'll need the strength for the rescue ahead. You're gonna come out of this without even a scratch. Don't you love that? And it says he broke bread, gave thanks to God, passed it around, and they all ate heartily. Of us all told. With the meal finished and everyone full, the ship was further lightened by dumping the grain overboard. At daybreak, no one recognized the land, but they did notice a bay with a nice beach. Sounds like a lovely place to go. So they decided to run the ship up on the beach. They cut the anchors, loosened the tiller, raised the sail, and ran before the wind toward the beach, but we didn't make it. Still far from the shore, we hit a reef and the ship begins to bust into pieces. The soldiers, things get worse, decided to kill the prisoners so none of them could escape by swimming. But the centurion determined to save Paul, stopped them. When you're going through it, you have no idea who God's gonna use in your life. People you might've thought, God would never use that person to speak to me in my life. The centurion's the least likely character in this story to help Paul. And this is the person that comes along and saves his life by sparing it and stopping the soldiers from killing everybody else. So it says he gave orders for anyone who could swim to dive in and go for it and the rest to grab a plank. It's the first time you see in the Bible surfing. So people don't know how to swim. The beach boys start playing. They're surfing into shore. Says everyone made it safely. So you've got Paul. He's on a ship that's doomed. It's about to be busted to pieces. He's a prisoner on this boat. And he still has it within him to call on God. And he keeps trusting God. And he keeps his faith. And they're hungry. And they're prisoners. And now they've shipwrecked. They're almost murdered. They're facing potential drowning, heading into shore. And a bunch of people that probably would have lost their life if Paul wouldn't have kept faith in God, had their lives spared because Paul saw it through. Life and more life came out of the other side of Paul trusting God in the middle of the trial. So this morning, four ways you can handle the heat better in your life. Four ways you can handle a trial better in life. Number one, you gotta see it coming. You gotta see it coming so you don't go a-running. I'm gonna rhyme like three or four times this morning. So it's gonna be a good time. You gotta see it coming so you don't go running. I was gonna change the rhyme up a little bit. Uh, I was thinking about anticipate so you don't capitulate. (laughs) But I had no idea what capitulate means. So I went to Google, and Google can give you all the info you need in life. So I went to Google and typed in the word capitulate. It turns out it's a perfectly good rhyme. Because capitulate means to surrender. So you got to anticipate so you don't capitulate. You got to see it coming so you don't go running. You got to anticipate this stuff so that you don't surrender in your life. And Paul, he was two steps ahead of the game the whole time, wasn't he? When you read through this story, Paul saw it coming in his life. He had been with God. He knew that in this world we were gonna have trouble. And he was with God and God was with him through all of us and he didn't end up running when trouble came his way. He had poise under pressure, something that Christians aren't notoriously famous for. Anyone remember Y2K? 
You know, like everyone was like hiding soup cans in their basement because the Y2K was coming to get us. You know, uh, in, in like Tulsa, Oklahoma at the time, everyone was building like these big steel bunkers under the ground because Y2K was coming for us. And all of us were on CNN and Fox News, you know, freaking out because it was coming to get us. Poise under pressure. What if when the worst of the worst comes at us in our lives, the hardest things, what if when the worst things come, the best of the best comes out of us? And people see that and they're drawn to God. What if Christians were different? Because we saw it coming. So how do you see it coming? You gotta spend time with God. And I don't know how this necessarily works for you, how this will play out in your life. Maybe it's getting up and committing to spend time with God before you move on with your day. Maybe you've got a kid waking you up before you're even awake and that doesn't work for you. I don't know what works for you in your life, but you gotta find a way to spend time with God. These are some of the classic Christian disciplines, things like prayer, reading the Bible, silence, solitude, worship, different ways to connect with God. And you gotta do that because it's through that that you're gonna see it coming, that God's gonna work with you in your life. So number one, you gotta see it coming. Number two, you gotta see it through. You gotta see it through because you got no idea what God is gonna do. (laughs) Rhyme number two of the day. You got to see it through because you got no idea what God is going to do. Just like Paul, when he saw it through, a bunch of people's lives were spared. And who knows what stories came out of that. And because Paul saw it through, here we are reading this story collected in Scripture today because Paul saw it through. You need to see it through because you have no idea what God's doing in your life. You have no idea, your kids are looking on. Your spouse is looking on. Your neighbors are watching on. Your coworkers are watching. Your, the people you do church life with are watching on in your life. And you have no idea what God is gonna do when you see it through in your life. So number one, see it coming. Number two, see it through. And number three, you need to yell, shake it off. Everyone say it together, shake it off. Shake it off, shake it off. Remember that Taylor Swift song? It's real hot right now. Because the player's gonna play, 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 and the hater's gonna hate, 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 hate. So you just need to shake, 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 shake it off. Some of you guys need to just put Taylor Swift's shake it off on like repeat in your house. Chances are if you got like a six-year-old daughter, you already do. Or like a 37-year-old husband. You gotta shake it off, man. You guys shake it off. And the story of Paul doesn't end in verse 27, but it continues on in verse 28. And it says this. Once everyone was accounted for and we realized we had all made it, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. The natives went out of their way to be friendly to us. The day was rainy and cold, and we were already soaked to the bone. But they built a huge bonfire and gathered it around us. Paul pitched in and helped. He gathered up a bundle of sticks. Paul's super Christian, right? Let me help out. I'll grab some sticks and help you build this fire. Paul starts building the fire. He's helping out. And it says, but when he put it on the fire, a venomous snake comes and bites him on the hand. Man, reminds me of my life a little bit. You think, oh man, I'm sitting around the fire. I'm having a good time. Everything's looking good. And the dang snake comes out and bites you on the hand. 
That's exactly what happens sometimes. And the snake comes and bites onto him on the hand. It says, roused from its torpor by the heat, struck his hand and held on. Seeing the snake hanging from Paul's hand like that, the natives jumped to the conclusion that he was a murderer, just getting what he deserves. Paul shook off the snake into the fire. You got to shake it off. Shake it off. None the worse for the wear. They kept on expecting him to drop dead. But when it was obvious he wasn't going to, they jumped to the conclusion he was a god. These natives, man, five minutes earlier thought the dude was a murderer. Now, because he hasn't dropped dead in a little while, now they think he's a god. When you're going through it, people are going to talk. <coughs> they're going to say, oh, man, what did that guy do to deserve what he's going through? People are going to talk, and then when you make, through, make it through it, they're going to be like, oh, mighty man of God, you know? But you can't listen to what people say. You got to be focused on what God says about you. Remember Jesus' words? You're going to have trouble in this world, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Keep focused in on God. You got to shake it off. So what do you got to shake off? You got to shake off the doubt. <coughs> you got to shake off the doubt in your life. You got to shake off the fear. You got to shake off the unbelief. You got to shake off whatever it is you're going through. Maybe it's that hostile work environment you're in and you think you need to leave. Maybe you need to see it through and shake off all that stuff and stick in there with it. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's with your kids. Maybe it's with your finances. Maybe it's with your health. And you need to shake off whatever it is, that doubt, that fear that has entered your life. You need to shake it off like Paul shook off that snake. My grandpa, Hour, love my grandpa, Hour, passed away a while ago, and he got sick before he died. And he, he always went like, he had the shakes before he died. And he'd always go like this before he died. And we always thought it'd be cool to put like a piece of sandpaper under Grandpa Hour's hands so he could be productive with, with the shakes, you know? So he could like sand a piece of wood and I could build it into like a birdhouse or something cute, you know? So, so Grandpa Hour, he had the shakes and he'd just sit there and shake and we'd always joke about sandpaper and stuff like that. Some of you guys just need to get the shakes in your life. You just need to get the shakes in your marriage or wherever it is you're having a trial and just shake off all that stuff, all that doubt and all that fear and continue to have faith in God. You gotta shake it off. So number one, you gotta see it coming. Number two, you gotta see it through. Number three, you need to shake it off. And number four, don't walk alone. If you walk alone, the previous three are not going to work. We were never meant to walk in life and with God and in faith alone. You need other people that are gonna come alongside of you and encourage you and lift you up when you feel like you can't stand. Remember uh, Moses, that story in Exodus, where if his arms were raised, they were winning the battle, and if they went down, they would lose. And so he couldn't stand any longer. He was losing his strength. And two men came alongside, and they put a stone underneath him so he could sit and rest. And they lifted up his hands so that he, they would win the battle. You're gonna need other people to come alongside of you and lift you up when you feel like you can't stand any longer. When I was going through this, I got a text message from a friend and it said this. It said, this is we believe time. You ever notice when you pray the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread, not me and mine, but us and our. And when we say the Apostles' Creed, it's we believe this is not an individual thing. This is us doing life together. This is we believe time. 
I want to ask everyone just to stand up together as I pray. Um, I got a text message a little bit ago from uh, Pastor Mark, and you know that uh, Debbie, she's going through it right now. Um, She's battling cancer again, if you haven't heard, and they are doing radiation all over the place, and it's really hurting. And she's been in the hospital the bulk of the time uh, because of a lot of the the pain. And just recently, uh, they did some that burned her esophagus, and she's not able to eat or drink right now. And it's really tough, and she needs us to stand there and pray right now. So three things this morning that I want to pray for, really four. I want to pray for Debbie Gunger, and I want to pray for my wife, because we've been through it enough, and I don't need another snake to bite us on the hand. And I want to pray for our church. Um, Pastor Mark shared a few weeks ago that finances are not exactly our strong suit, but God's bigger than that, isn't he? And this is We Believe time. This is time for us to stand together and not be like the sailors that tried to jump off the ship, but that stayed on because they were the ones that knew how to drive the ship. This is time for us to do this together and to stand. This is we believe time. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we come to you right now, and I pray that you would help us to trust you. Our faith gives substance to our hopes and convinces us of the realities we do not see. Come to our aid, O God, and make haste to help us. God, I pray that you would help us handle the trials better in life because on the other side of it is life and more life. God, we speak life this morning. God, we pray life into what Debbie Gunger is going through right now. We pray that you would bring healing to her body. God, I pray for my wife. God, I pray for sickness to go and healing to come. Life and more life. God, we pray for this church. We thank you for Celebration Church. I thank you for the amazing stories of life change, people that have found you, that have been saved, that have been set free, people that have built great relationships. God, we pray for this church. God, we pray that you would bring life and more life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.